Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, host and still narcissist-in-chief, also resident Democrat, and I'm joined tonight as usual <laughs> by my good friends John Roberts, long-suffering producer and uh, unregistered voter, or sorry, unenrolled voter. Oh, and, I've been registered uh, for a very long time. Yes, and of course, uh, the the evil nemesis to my shining example of goodness, <laughs> Sue Timberlake. How you doing, Sue? <laughs> Lifelong Republican. <laughs> what an intro! And long suffering, I'm, indeed. I'll be surprised, <laughs> Rayla. Don't be afraid. <laughs> harmless. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Sue it, it continues to be one of the most patient people I know. Um, our special guest tonight is Rayla Campbell. Uh, Ms. Campbell is running to be the Secretary of State for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, she was born and raised here in the Commonwealth. Uh, she's the first black woman to be a candidate for statewide office. And I think the entire history of the state, which <clears throat> way to go, Massachusetts, finally catching up to, oh, I don't know, the early 20th century or something. Uh, and, late, uh, late 19th, actually. Right. Even better. And uh, <laughs> and of course, Ms. Campbell also is the host of the Rayla Campbell show uh, on WMNC, I believe, out of New Hampshire. Is that correct? WSMN. SMN. Thank you. And how often when's your show air and how often? Every Thursday morning from nine to eleven. And it's been great. Usually I'm on the show before and it's a lot of fun getting to be on there with Lou Chipola and it's George Russell, who is the owner of the station. So it's nice to have like a back to back. I come in and it's just going forward. <laughs> cool. Well, um, so you're running to be the uh, secretary of state. And actually, I just want to sorry. Just want to mention I'm doing this on, on on vacation. I'm on the road here. So just want to mention uh, we do love to hear from our listeners and you can get in touch with us at Civil Politics FM on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio, or go to our website, CivilPoliticsRadio.com, which has recordings of previous episodes of the show, supplemental episodes, links to things, you know, and uh, also you can drop an email to us, info at, or no, not info, contact, right? Contact. Contact, Civil yes. Politics contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. All right. So, uh, Rayla, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, is it okay if I call you Rayla? I, you know, Absolutely. I know you like to be informal, but you know, I, I'm a, I'm a country club wasp. So like my mother was like, Ms. Campbell, <laughs> you know, no, you can call me Rayla, please. I have Good. my kids call me Miss Rayla when they, I was teaching cheerleading. So it's just, you know, I like to that person. Well, it's, we're, we're normal people. I'm not this prestigious person like queen yeah you're wow okay john uh you should have warned me there was going to be a normal person on the show i'm not prepared for that <laughs> uh we don't normally have normal people on this show that's this is rare so yeah. <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> so let's start off with you know uh your basic softball question i'll i'll get all nasty and partisan later but uh first off uh why do you want to be secretary of state 
Really why I want to be Secretary of State is to make sure that our elections are protected and that we have oversight of what is going on. Considering what happened to me in 2020 when I decided to run for Congress and the current Secretary of State, which he's so very well at doing, he's done it many times over many years, 29 years he's still incumbent, and he broke the law and violated my constitutional rights to keep me off the ballot when I was running against Ayanna Presley in the seventh district in 2020. And the way he did that was during COVID, the number was lowered to a thousand in order to get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. I ran as a write-in and per the Secretary of State's website and the laws and the books, if you're running as a write-in, you are only required to get the same number during the nomination process on the uh, primary election. And I obtained that. I got over a thousand signatures. They certified 1,200, somehow Mm -hmm. went down. It was 1,263, then went down to 1,203. I only needed a thousand. So me going in there, well, I should be on the ballot. And they said, no, 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 we have an opinion of the law And you're required to get the pre-COVID standard, which is 2,000. So that's giving the incumbents an advantage over me, violating my constitutional rights and breaking the current statute that we had. So I decided, you know what, this time around, if I ran again, he would probably do the same thing to me over and over again. Change the kick, the you know, move the goalposts, change the rules, make it more difficult to get on the ballot. In which they did, they printed the wrong dates on the nomination process this time around. However, I'm running statewide, I'm going after him because he's the one that is in control of the elections, in control of the registration. When we see what's going on with having the RMV registering kids, pre registering kids to vote, and then throwing people off of what party they were when they're just going to update their license. All of this stuff is showing the corruption that we have with our elections. How are we supposed to have free and fair elections if we have somebody in office who can't uphold the law and who violates constitutional rights in order for their own personal gain? So this time it's it's time to take them down. And I actually got more than double the required signatures this time around, well over 10,000 signatures certified we have in the Secretary of State's office. Well, good for you. Thank you. Um, wow. Did did you? Uh, uh, I hadn't heard about uh, your your story before. Uh, uh, I got to say that's that's really shocking. Have you pursued any uh, legal action? Like, I mean, I know you're running against him, and that may just be what you decide is the best way to go. But I mean, nope, it sounds like you'd have, have a, a court case. Oh, good. We do. Okay. Yep, we have a lawsuit. Of course, um, you know the the regular court systems they upheld what their opinion how can you uphold an opinion of the law so we've appealed to superior court and we are now in that process so it does take a long time and of course they like to hold everything to the last deadline and then request Hmm. more information so they they're trying to push it down past the time which is coming up shortly where they can destroy all of the ballots Luckily, we have copies and we have information that shows how many signatures that I've had. We've uncovered it all. And you can't, once you put stuff, that's one good thing about having them put everything into the a database. And that database is in the internet and 
you can't mess with it once you've gotten a copy of the actual information and you match it up to the voter rolls. So we have a lawsuit. We're waiting for everything to be heard. We're in that process right now. So it's just a long process, which is very frustrating for me, especially. And he's also violated my constitutional rights yet again. And he's broken the law and he's had ethics violations all during this recent process of just getting collecting signatures and getting on the ballot. So it's really, we've got to hold this guy accountable. He shouldn't be in office. He's not king of elections. Nobody should be king of elections. And when we look at what's going on in the corruption and the way that they try to keep Republicans from getting, even getting on the ballot is, Mm. is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we're out there, we're working really hard. I see what they're doing. I see the way that they're cheating. One one instance was at the Bridgewater town elections. Now you're allowed, if you're not on the ballot, to be within 50 feet of the entrance. However, you can't be blocking the way. Anybody who's on the ballot's 150 feet, but there's absolutely no campaign literature allowed inside the polling stations. What right. did the, all of the Democrats have? They had a table inside the polling station with all their nomination papers on it, whoever was running statewide. I have a picture of it. I confronted the town clerk about it. And she said, it's her interpretation of the law. Here we go again. It's a trickle down effect. And this is something that cannot happen. It's a violation of our constitution. These people need to be held accountable. The law is in black and white. You can't interpret it. You can't have an opinion of it because I can have an opinion of your interpretation and your opinion in mine's rights. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, wow. That's really shocking. I, uh, so is the secretary of state's office in charge of enforcing election law? I mean, I don't know if that's like, are there criminal penalties? Is that something you would go to the police about? Well, so this is where it has to go to the attorney general. And what is who's the attorney general right now? It's his partner in crime, Maura Healy, who also let him off before when he made ethics violations by using his face. And we've just all everybody knows if you've had town meetings recently, whose face and whose information is all over the the handouts that you give for town meetings, the books. He put his face in, in every single one of the pages, brand new books that were sent out to everybody during an election season, using his office to promote him. Look at what I'm doing. Mm. That's another oh, ethics voter violation. information. Voter information. The, the red By books, the way, I think, right? Yeah. 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 I, I noticed that. I was like, what is he? Why? Why is he? Ugh. <laughs> By the way, do you guys do you guys remember what happened to Joe Comerford, your candidate out here? She was a she was a write in. Do you remember that? I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yeah, I and, remember. Um, yeah, yeah. She the, was running income, for um, Stan Rosenberg's seat, right? And yeah, and she, she ended up winning, but she she was a write in. And uh, Rayla, I'm telling this uh, story because it's the same incumbent. He forgot to put the write-in line on our ballots out here. (laughs) There was no place to write in. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that's not, you know, it should should be more professional than that. You know, who knows what. 
Yeah, it, it it was horrifying. I mean, she they I guess the message came back just write it in on the side of the ballot, and if they and decided they to, they would disqualify it. Yeah, but she was uh, she was a Democrat, and I think they wanted her to win. So, but yeah, it's just horrifying. Yeah, but and she did right. The person who'd actually registered to run against uh, uh, Stan wound up uh, the only person on the ballot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but it's <sighs> it's a mess. It's a mess. So. So that is an example of something that, you know, it's not Democrat or Republican. It's this is how it should be done. And it's making it fair for each party, each person, like taking off. And, and they did it to uh, Ingrid Centurion, who ran in the Middlesex area. She made it on the ballot and they printed the ballots without her name on it. So oh, it's wow. good. <laughs> And they had to resend them up, reprint them. And I'm going, you've done this now for 29 years you've been in this position. If any of us did anything like this in a job, we'd be fired. We'd be fired because this goes out. This is like, it's like the biggest HIPAA violation ever, basically. We're like the <laughs> whole company's coming down on you. You've cost them everything. That's what I feel like when they make mistakes like this, it's not a mistake. It's intentional because you've been doing this for so long. If you don't know how to do your job. If you're incapable of doing your job, it's time for you to go. And that's why I'm running. So, uh, well, copy editing certainly would be a big improvement over what we're getting. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> like, as I'm listening to you, there are, there are problems that... Uh, that we're discussing with this with the secretary of state's office and trust me we we understand there are problems there there are definitely some issues that i <laughs> as a registered democrat i'm like yeah no let's let's have none of these you know innocent mistakes and screw-ups and other shenanigans you know it's Oopsie like doodles yeah yeah but um <laughs> the the thing I'm, I'm i'm wondering is that you want to make sure that that someone that isn't doing the best job is not in the job anymore uh but it when you when, when you're running are is there anything any improvements that you're thinking about for the office is there any changes in in communication or how things how things are done or 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 absolutely or, yeah so absolutely. can you can you go into that a little bit so main, first thing is how fun is it to go on the secretary of state's website can you find anything? It is the worst website in the world. It needs to be streamlined. It needs to be easier. And the information needs to be given to the people. He is the keeper of records. So all public records, everything goes to the Secretary of State's office. But yet people don't even know when their local town elections are happening. They don't know who's on the ballot in their local town elections. They don't know the process of actually trying to run for office. They want to get civically involved. It is not user friendly. And the laws on the books that are out there, people want also to get it access to so they can know where they can fight back and what they can do within their town to make changes. And of course, when you want to find information now in this day and age, we go to the website and we want to check yeah. it out. You can you go onto that website and you're like, um, are you kidding me? It is like searching for a needle in a haystack. And it's so outdated, so beyond like the realm of how can this website be this horrible? 
it's that bad. And the information contradicts other information. So one, we've got to fix the website. We've got to streamline the website. The information needs to be up to date. We're in a day and age where everything's at our fingertips before it even happens, pretty much. You see Twitter and, you you know, all of the, the other, you're like, wait, when did that happen? Oh, it just happened like now, but I got an update 10 minutes ago that was about to happen. Very, It's right there at your fingertips. We've got the access to information. We need to fix it. But then also making sure that people know the information and people have access to the public records that are out there and it's not difficult for them. But again, when we're talking about elections and then we're talking about corporations and nonprofits and holding these people accountable and checking and making sure that these are valid nonprofits. So as you saw with, you know, I was horribly and viciously attacked by the head of BLM Boston, Monica Cannon Grant. And then you go and look at her registration and what she registered through the Secretary of State's website as a nonprofit. The address doesn't even match up with the location way off. And He's in charge of seeing this and oversights. And then we, when we get into what's going on with these nonprofits and how we have so many pop-ups in the city that are, you know, nonprofit drug beds, where we have beds, we've got beds, but yet the drug problem is really, really bad and getting worse because these aren't real nonprofits. These are people that are actually encouraging drug use they're misrepresenting the community, misrepresenting the business that they're, the nonprofit that they are. Kids are getting more hooked on drugs. Our, our buildings, our, our, our cities and towns are being overrun. And yet this all goes to the Secretary of State's office. But yet as you want to start a business, you can't even do it because it's so difficult. There's so many fees, but yet this all goes through the Secretary of State's office. And you're going, wait a second, you've got all these fraudulent nonprofits harming this the cities and the towns in the state, and you've got business owners who can't even start a business leaving and moving and taking all of our manufacturing because of the overregulations and the fees that they have to pay. And the Secretary of State's web, um, Secretary of State's office charges ridiculous fees for tiniest of the littlest mistakes or one missed deadline, but then also to start a business. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's the most difficult state to start a business in, and yet everybody's like, oh, we're great. If we're so great, then why do we have boarded up businesses all over the place? Why do we have a mass exodus of people leaving? Why are our schools so horrible when we used to be number one? There's major problems going on and it all goes through everything touches the Secretary of State's office. And if there's something wrong, it needs to be addressed. There needs to be audits and it needs to be sent also to the Attorney General for prosecution for these people who are breaking the law. Okay. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I was just going to say, I work for a plumber, and we have about three or four different licenses with the state because he's an oil truck and a plumber and an HVAC and does all this stuff. And the other day, we tried to renew one of the licenses, and it's you can't tell where you need to go for it. We finally had to call somebody because when you went to the web page, it was like buried in a different category from plumbing. It was very bizarre. 
how yeah. buried it was. And, you know, we paid the fee and did it, but it was due and he can't, you know, he can't take the truck out unless he's, yeah. you know, ostensibly paid the, the secretary of stat, state for the uh, business tax for that particular category. But yeah, it's very difficult for small business. In they do state. it on purpose oh. too. It's like a biz, it's a mm. money business for them that they do that on purpose to small businesses. And I've heard it from <laughs> so many and you're just like, wait, what? And they're like, I don't even, they, they end up going out of business or having to move their business out of state right over the border or, you know, completely down South because it's one fee. They miss it. They're like, I'm searching for everything. I can't find it. The deadline. Then we finally where we can send it, but it's a day late. And then boom, we're hit with $40,000 in fees for something that costs 20 bucks. Yeah. Well, and there's about 14 or 15 different PO boxes for the Commonwealth of Mass where you mail the check. So if it's yeah. this license, it has to go to Charles Street. But if it's that license, it has to go to Chelsea. And yeah, it's very complicated. It, and I used to work for the state and I couldn't figure it out. So that anyway. makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah, there, again, there definitely needs to be uh, some house cleaning done in our how our state runs its operations for sure. So, you know, and I, I you know, again, I'm a, a a lefty and whatnot, but I've certainly noticed problems in how the businesses are, uh, are licensed and whatnot. And I've certainly had difficulties using the secretary of state's website just to find out like, okay, what do I have to do as like, you know, clerk of this nonprofit corporation. I want to make sure that we're reporting correctly and everything. And right. what do I do? I'm sorry. What? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, I, I got help, but it was like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that hard. It's just, you got to report a few basic things every year. And huh? so, yeah. But if that information's readily available and easy for you to find, then you're like, okay, I can do this. But when it's like you're searching and you can't figure it out and you're like, what, who, and you're calling and now they're, it's half the people are remote. So it's like you get the Google voice. We'll call you back. And you're like, when? Yeah. (laughs) I had one the other day. We had to pay a a fee and the card that we got in the mail from the secretary of state said like it's 250 bucks for the year. But then we went on the website and it said it was 275 and then somewhere else it said, no, it's still at 250 which it was last. You know, it was just, there were three different prices. So we wrote them Ugh. the check for the card that they printed. <laughs> that, that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd like to, um, before we, before we get to the break, I did want to ask you, uh, you mentioned that the issues with, with Massachusetts schools. Yes. Mm. You were saying that that we're lower ranked in some way? Yes, yes. So when we're getting a lot of the the numbers back, like you can dig into each individual town and towns that we're doing really, really well, how much they have dropped in the rate of uh, the kids graduating. And actually, the rate of graduation isn't really the problem. It's the grade level that they're graduating at. These kids are graduating with a sixth grade reading level and sixth grade math level. How is that going to benefit them in the world? They're being pushed along because the teachers know that they're being rushed and everything is common core and it's not traditional learning as we were learned, as we were taught when we went to school and how we learned. 
what is going on now, there's no discipline. There's no accountability. These children aren't being taught properly. Parents are having to request FOIA requests and being labeled as uh, domestic terrorists, not getting the information. And a lot of people didn't know that when you get pushback from your town or they don't give you the complete information for a FOIA request, which is a Freedom of Information Act, you appeal to the Secretary of State's office. And no, a lot of parents did not know that. And they're fighting these battles and being labeled and targeted and bullied by its school administration when they're just trying to find out what's being taught to their children. And there's a major problem when we see Boston about to go into receivership. Well, if you look at the statistics and you look at what they're teaching, and then you also look at how they, they want to say, oh, no, African-Americans, they, they're struggling, so we have to change the curriculum. Well, 51% of the students in Boston are Hispanic. They're not African-American. But do you even consider that you should be teaching children to all of them to excel? instead of dumbing down the system? And why aren't you telling the parents the information that is going on? And what is the curriculum? So when I look at, and I came from, we just recently moved to a different town, but I grew up in Situate, born and raised, born in Boston, raised in Situate with a great school system. And I can tell you right now, that's not the same school system that I grew up with. Well, and you can see it. We do need to to take our uh, mid show break right now and play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. Okay. When we come back. We can talk about this uh, uh, some more. And I, this is certainly an important topic. I, I would like to know how this connects to be the Secretary of State's office, but we're we're gonna put a uh, put a pin in that for the moment. And we're going to play uh, some notices, and then we'll be right back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Please don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly, and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. 
That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we are back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I am Michael Dow, along with my usual cohort of friends, John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And we have the the honor of hosting uh, our special guest tonight, Ms. Rayla Campbell, who's running to be the Secretary of State for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And when we ended the first half, you were talking about how you didn't think our schools were very well run. And that's certainly a, a topic that we can get into. But it, I was wondering, how does that connect to the Secretary of State's office? Because I don't see that they have a lot of oversight of the schools. Or were you connecting that to the issue of people making freedom of information requests about how the schools are run and that connecting to the state records and whatnot? So, sorry. Absolutely. And that's what I was tying it to, the Freedom Mm -hmm. of Information Act. So a lot of parents do not know that when they're requesting FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Acts from their public schools, remember the Secretary of State's office is the keeper of public records. Mm-hmm. So when they're requesting information, they're getting hit with pushback. And I will tell you one case in Worcester. So Worcester Public Schools, were their parents were requesting what the sex ed curriculum was in the schools and they mm-hmm. were labeled as domestic terrorists and just trying to just for requesting the information so they did send an, an appeal to the secretary of state's office because that is what you're supposed to do you send an appeal if you're not getting the information at the local levels and then you appeal to the secretary of state's office and as long as it's in within the laws and it's not violating any rights that information is given to you mm-hmm. as public information again keeping as it should public be public records yeah. as it yeah. should be so parents are not aware of this information so i'm bringing it to their attention because i myself have FOIA request in with another a police department down on the south coast with information that some choice democrats wanted to use certain words and i'm getting pushed back from getting that information. Now, I'm not violating anybody's rights. I've already gotten the approval that I can get this information. Secretary of States have signed off on it. I've been waiting for months now for this information. Because I'm running against him now, it's slowing the process. But for parents, when you're requesting information from your school that should be on the website, the curriculum, as it say, states in majority of the handbooks and The teachers send it out. The principal sends it out. Anything that you need to know, just go onto our website through the parent portal. Oh, really? But it's not there. So when they're appealing to the Secretary of State's office and they're not getting the information back in time, it's taking months. It is, in some cases, taking years. Why are you keeping public information away from the public if there's nothing to hide? What do you need to hide? Mm. So, I've also noticed that uh, that the Massachusetts charges more for public records. Uh, you know that states. they're actually all they can do is charge for the amount that it would cost to mail it. But remember, we're in the digital age, so it costs you nothing to send over an email. So mm. why are they trying to change the numbers? Oh, we've got to add this and add that. No, it's all digital. Everything is digital. 
We learned that through COVID. So there's no reason besides the fact that you don't want the public to know what's going on. Every single thing that you do, even a signature when it comes to your school, it's go through the portal, go through the portal. So Mm. you're trying to tell me that the Secretary of State's office, who you actually have to send an email form, you can you can write it out, but they prefer you send an email request. Mm. So everything is digital. We are in the 21st century. If we're not in there acting like they're back in the 18th century where we don't even know how to print out paper or we have to go to Kinko's. <laughs> Is that what uh, the left always says? Well, you know, I, parchment. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't hear that at our last like mass meeting. Um, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> our secret meeting, but I, you're not like, part of the cabal. But, <laughs> you know, parchment's, <laughs> parchment's very expensive and ink and quill. I mean, woo. <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, I. I know that the everything is like digital and everything. I and I I agree. Like if you're if there is a request for something, then there should be a way to get it digitally. But is there are there any policies or or requirements with FOIA requests that they do are they are mailed? Like if they need to be mailed by certified mail or if they need to be printed out because of because of some law or something like that. No, actually, that everything it says, it, the information just needs to be provided within 10 days. Oh, OK. And it's not happening. So that could be if if it's mailed in, then you're having a paper trail of mail and you want it all to follow through the mail. But most of it is digital. It is an email request. It is asking, you know, you're submitting and you have it's a chain. So that that's an all that's another record. They can keep on record. So they have records and they attach you, they attach the number to it. You have like a case number, a request number, it's attached to it. So it, when they're trying to say, oh, it's going to cost us X, Y, and Z to mail this information out, no, it's going to cost you nothing because it's all digital. Everything is a digital file. So that would be something that you would want to change in, a, like, if you, if you were elected for a secretary of state. It's very, I mean, to get people information that's at the tip of your fingers, why can't you get it to them? If as yeah. long as it's within the, the purview of the law, there's no, there's no reason to not give the people the information. You're not in charge of over, of basically oversight of what people see. You're in charge of keeping that public records to the public. We are the servants. It's we, the people who are in charge. Anybody who's running for office, who is going to be in office, myself, Madam Secretary, we're the servants to the people. So we've got to make sure that the people have access to what is in the law for them. So speaking of access, and I I, I know that uh, this isn't something that uh, the Secretary of State can simply just do by fiat. I think the state... Uh, uh, assembly has to actually change the law, but uh, our what's your position on uh, uh, allowing voting by mail here in Massachusetts without having to go through the absentee ballot process? To just no, I completely I disagree with it. There, uh, there's no checks and balances in mail-in balloting. There's what are the what checks and balances are needed? Who's filling out the mail-in ballots? How do we know that this is the actual person? How do we know this person hasn't moved out of the state? How do we know this person's not dead? How do we know this person's not just here for college? There's no checks and balances in it. And I have found that out 
my own writing campaign with these ballot boxes that they since put up. But before, did you know that they were mail bins? Oh, just drop your stuff in there. Don't worry about it. It'll be taken care of. Nobody's going to touch it. When you're doing massive mail-in balloting, there's no way to make sure that these are actually getting to the people who are requesting them because they're sending them out. It's not as much as they want to say, oh, it's only requested only. Well, I didn't request any, and I got four, two for me and two for my husband. Never requested a single one. And then I looked into it and saw how much of my personal information was on it. We have absentee balloting. We've had it for a long time. There's checks and balances, checks and balances. There's the chain of custody. We don't know the chain of custody of these mail-in ballots and these uh, massive boxes that they're putting well, around anywhere. Wait, well, wait a minute, but like absentee voting is is done by mail. So what's the difference between? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I've no, ma- I've I've voted absentee in Massachusetts, and I filled out a thing, vote. and I mailed it. I put it in an envelope, and I mailed it. You have to, but you have to go and pick it up at your clerk's office. You don't just go call up. You have to go to the clerk's office, your local town clerk, and get the absentee ballot. At least you have to do it over here. So, um, as I recall, they when my mom, no. my mom was disabled for the last few years of her life, they would actually mail the ballots to the house. And uh, is that yeah. Andover? Yeah, yeah. I think I got mine through the mail too. Yeah. So I've never when I've absentee balloted, I've always had to go there, and there's a little and you vote right there, and then you well, put it in an. Um, you can take it home, but you have to go it, it, unless you're. That's that's another reason. Unless you're crippled, like disabled. The, yeah. You know, then then if you can't get out of your house to get the ballot, they will. But it's a, still an absentee. Ballot right. That needs but I mean, to be requested. So, so why not make voting as convenient for everybody as it is for people who are, you know, who have no choice but to vote absentee? Well, why, see, why shouldn't I be for, able to vote for vote, vote by mail if I want to? How do we know that it's you? How did you know it was me when I asked for an absentee ballot? You're so the requester requesting the is actually when you're requesting an absentee ballot, you know that if you are lying or if it is not you that you are liable and, and can be charged criminally by law. Well, but if I if I were to falsify a ballot, that's the that's the case anyways, isn't it? But that's that's what we're talking. That's why we need voter ID. So if people can go and stand in line for a COVID shot, why can't they go where there is no line and cast a ballot? And we know that we have people that can't get out and that ballots are either brought to them or they're absentee ballots and they are requested and we know this it's just we know it happens but we're with this massive mail-in balloting and where you've got people getting ballots from deceased family members or even people getting ballots from people who don't even live in that house anymore there's a problem our voting rolls have not been purged we have still deceased people on the voting rolls who are eligible for these absentee ballots. We have over a million return address ballots that are sitting in the archive building that we as Republicans do have access to, and we're going to make sure that we get access to them and the GOP is gonna help us with that. So we can match them up to the voting rolls. How many of these people no longer live in the state but cast a ballot? 
So you 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 don't actually know the answer to these questions, correct? No, I don't have the action because I'm not in the building. I can't. Right. Give, so, if I had, but I'm if I had access, I'm just like, I would have answers to it. Like what what is what is your source for information about uh you know this these these problems with you know deceased people on the voting rolls and ballots being mailed. Oh, well, to that dead people. information we do have. We do actually have um, access Please. to. Please, well, we'd like we'd like that. We, you like, just we definitely like the sources, so we do. can put that in the show notes. So yeah, no, that's very simple. You can just request the voting rolls from your town, mm-hmm. and you can also request the voting the the deceased records from your town and match it up. I see. So you've done this for every town in the Commonwealth? We have a group that has done that for every single city and town in the Commonwealth, yes. Okay. And have they published their, their findings anywhere? They are. And so Kathy Mitchell is on the the Board of Election Integrity. And there is a website that they have. I want to say it's Massachusetts stands up and they have all of the information out there. And then also, if you go to the Massachusetts Voter Integrity group on Facebook, they have access. to. They have been publishing the information. Again, they're still putting all of it out there as they're getting it. And they're putting the new child, everything that they're getting with the new information and the voting rules. But yes, they have been going at it because we did an audit in New Hampshire and I was, you know, uh, I had a lot of friends that were part of that. I was up there in New Hampshire doing a lot of door knocking and getting people out and registering people to vote as well as doing that here in Massachusetts. And when we're finding the, we're looking at the numbers and we're finding the discrepancies and we're bringing it up, that's why there's these lawsuits and that's why you have all the the election interrogation integrity groups that are starting up and there are federal lawsuits that we're going to be pushing forward once we get all of you got to make sure you have checks and balances check everything all of the boxes are marked do you so do you see voter fraud as a significant current problem here in massachusetts i see that we have a problem with making sure that we're protecting our elections. So I wouldn't say like voter fraud is rampant, but how are we to know until we have a full audit done? But I do know in instances where these are homeless people that come up to me and they all have the same address that, you know, they're not registered to vote, but they're given a list of names and they're paid by the opposition to go in and to vote and switch their hats. And this is coming from, they're they're telling me straight out, they love election season. This is the best time. They make so much money and I'm going, that's great. That's awesome. Have you reported this? Yeah, because that's... yeah. That's crazy. Have you you reported this That's a That's a felony conspiracy. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, but I don't have the name of who's paying them. So, you know, as they're all telling, they, they're just like, ah, it's some big, <laughs> some suit. I got okay. a suit paying me. So if that's something that, you know, I probably will go back in and be like, hey, do you guys, can we set up an operation? Of course, they'll probably do it because that's, they don't care. But that, yes, this is, this is stuff that is going on and that is happening and that we need to look into. And that's why we need to have voter ID. You need your ID to do everything, everything under the sun. And you're not going to tell me that people don't have an ID or it's racist or any of that because we all have IDs. 
not With everybody like, has an ID though. Yeah, that that's, that is does. actually true. Not everybody has an ID. Like my um, well, my my partner, they got their Massachusetts like just ID. They they didn't have right. a, a, a drivers. They got it like when they were like after college. Yeah, they give they. Yeah, she was they around thirty. State ID. Yeah, that's, the, the that's, state ID was um they got they got a like after after um uh, like way after college like we were married at that point. Yeah, yeah, but you it's I mean not we're not talking like a driver's license. Not everybody does drive, but there are state IDs that re- that validate you as a legal resident, a legal citizen sure. of Massachusetts. Yeah, but what we're saying I mean, is someone that we know didn't have one up until around the age of thirty. Yeah. So. But they can get one. Sure, but she could vote in the meantime, right? Why wouldn't she have been able to vote? Without it. Well, she was at that time, but now right. without And an you'd want to change that is yes, what you're saying, right? I do right? want to change that because <laughs> okay. I want to make sure that but why we do we need to change it? Actual, you know, the, it, it doesn't well, like the system was working. So why change it? Is it working? Well, it was for her. I'm just saying like, this is a specific example. Like you want to make it. You wanted you wanted to add steps to this person voting, but and it's, I'm saying, it's a step why? that's a free step. It's an easy, simple step, and why not? Why would you not want people to know that this is you? You're casting this vote, this ballot, and nobody else can cast the ballot in your name. Well, you haven't demonstrated that there's an actual voter fraud problem yet. Like how 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 big is this voter fraud issue? You know, I mean, back during it the Bush administration. Jack, during the administration of President George W. Bush, there was actually a strong push from the top to, like, root out cases of voter fraud and U.S. attorneys all across the country conducted investigations. And they didn't find any. You know, they were motivated to to bring these to bring charges and they didn't bring any because there weren't any to bring that they could find. So I'm I'm you know, like I'm not against the idea of having voter registration, you know, voter IDs and registration to prevent voter fraud, but there's no problem. So, but you don't know that. So you're because you well, don't I, I, it, I, 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 I don't. There's a problem. When I haven't. I, have, I haven't investigated personally directly, but as I right. said, the Bush administration, you know, 10, 15 years ago, made a concerted push to do this in part because. Uh, the Republican Party line was we need voter registration because the Democrats are cheating and they went out of their way looking for the evidence because it would, you know, in addition to being, hey, let's crack down on voter fraud because that is a serious crime. and We want to stop it, which I completely support. But it also fed into their partisan political line and they were thus doubly motivated to find it and did not. So did the media cover it up. No, this is the Bush administration's own you know, report. U.S. attorneys were were told go out and find it, and they couldn't. So I'm just, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I I'm certainly prepared to accept the idea that the Bush administration was incompetent. What? I mean, the people, the people who, <laughs> the people who gave us the Hurricane Katrina and the Iraq War and 9/11. I mean, you know, like they didn't do a good job. I'll buy that. But you know, like, doesn't sound to me like there's a problem here that needs to be solved. So well, it sounds like you're I you're trying have, to make more work for for people to do something they can already do and it's fine. I don't think it's more work for people to validate that they are who they say they are. Um when I have 8700 write-in ballots cast for me that I 
can't get access to and they label them as under votes or somebody forgot to fill in a bubble or they wrote below the line. This is voter intent. So are you trying to say that these these people aren't valid people because you call them under votes? So what what's an under vote? Like, please explain. Well, is that a voter it, ID issue or is that? Yeah, a, that is a voter ID issue because had all of these people scanned there and some of the towns have actually done it now. They have the scanners. People come in ready with their IDs, 100 okay. percent ready to scan them and make sure that, that that's them. They want to, you to know that they are casting this ballot. I don't see it as a problem because you're doing your civic duty. Now, I only see it a problem if you don't want it. Why don't you want people to know that you're out doing your civic duty? It just sounds like, oh, no, I got something to hide here. I, well, I I'm already checking in at the voting station saying, hi, I'm I'm Michael Dow. That's me. And they check me off of the list. So, I mean, it's already yeah, well, clear that I've but, cast a ballot. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. Do they know that that's you? I mean, there. I can look at my. I'm sitting there looking at my name, and I'm watching the lady go. I can't find you, and I'm really. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. um, let me let me ask you a question about just about uh, obtaining IDs, uh, because there is a there is a process obviously that you need to you need to go through to to get a, a state ID to make sure that you prove who you are. Obviously, you need to provide information about yourself so they can verify. There is a fee for um, for getting an ID. It's not free. It is twenty five dollars. I know that's not a lot, but you know, just just for just for accuracy's sake, to get an ID, you get it for free. What say? If you're a student in Boston, you get it for free. Right, Um, but if you're not a student, uh, like if you're an adult and you haven't had an ID yet, then then there is a fee. But you also have to go to a specific office. I th- I believe the the RMV to um, make sure that you get it and apply and get your picture and everything. There, like uh, where I live, uh, I live in in Hadley, so the closest RMV it for me is in I believe in East Hampton. Yep. Oh, they closed the Hadley one. That's yeah, they right, closed they closed the Hadley that. one years ago, and you can go to like a AAA if you have that membership, but if you if you don't. Um, and you don't have an ID, then you have to go to East Hampton. Now, if I didn't have a car, if I couldn't drive or something like that, then to get there, I would need to take, I believe, two or three buses to get to the to get there. This would be during the day, obviously, because they don't have after business hours. Uh, you can't apply online and then get it mailed to you. So if someone doesn't have an ID and they don't have a car, then it would it would mean that on a weekday they would have to get on the bus they'd have to go to east hampton which the place in east hampton there's no bus stop near the place so they'd have to get off walk uh walk to the to the place be in line get the get the id and then get back home so that process would be a day probably like someone would not be able to work that day uh so and getting really challenging a, for someone who, if they have mobility issues or exactly other if they're illness. disabled or anything like that, then the, then getting that ID would be issue an, an issue. And personally, and I've said this on the show before, like I, if if there is an easy process, if there was a simple process that uh, for people to get their ID, if they without having to take like 
a like few buses to get there, then I would be I would probably be in, in favor of it. But they also have to get your their birth certificate or a um or a uh, a passport or something, which also I got a passport recently and it definitely cost like a bunch of money. We had to get new pa- um copies of our birth certificates to to put in and that cost money too. So getting an ID is is actually like a bunch of work, you know, for, for many people. Well, from majority of the people, it is not, but there's also resources and avenues that can help you to obtain that ID when you do have transportation issues. I mean, I know that it's not as streamlined out there as it is over here, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why they would close down, and that's a whole other thing. I mean, you guys need a whole another office out there the secretary is oh office. yeah yeah we definitely need an, a new rmv at, at the very least that was closed during the uh oh, i forget his name he's he's a senator in utah now romney that romney was the, that, romney closed that um closed that office um to say it, it was a cost-saving measure um but yet we've got a whole bunch of people in the rmv in brockton being indicted on fraud charges and selling illegal ideas oh okay um Ouch. but yeah i mean the 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 issue that i'm and we're almost out of time and uh but the issue that it, that i really want to present to you is um there are people that wouldn't it, you know in western massachusetts or the berkshires that that don't have an easy process of getting to the uh to getting to the office and getting all the all the required paperwork so if if ids were required if state ids were required then those people wouldn't be able to vote well no because then you put in measures to make sure that anybody who does need an id has the ability to access to get the to get to a location and you can set up pilot offices really close that can like AAA does but not through AAA so that can help people it i mean making things overly complicated by it basically being an enabler for people to not actually get up and do stuff if this we're talking about our civic duty and being actively engaged but giving people the resources to do everything and them not taking it upon themselves to access these resources is a whole nother thing. Right. The resources are out there. I know that they're out here way more than they are out there and they need to be. You guys need a lot of help. Um, The last thing is the secretary of state. I I don't think it had, they have like, you know, um, control over like the, 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 where, where, um, offices are like for the RMV or in, like anything like that. But a, as Secretary of State, if you got elected, you would be advocating for opening more uh, RMVs or, or offices where people can get IDs. Well, yeah, we're maybe the city city clerks. Yes, the, the exactly the city, clerk. the city and town clerks. Um, but also looking into why the RMV is uh, having anything to do with registering people to vote as well. Okay. Well, that goes so back that, to the Clinton that, administration, the motor voter law, right? Yeah, it's it's been in again. There's you're re, you're moving people, you're registering people, and then you're removing them from what party they're registered in when they update their ID. This is a problem, and it needs to be fixed here in Massachusetts. Hmm. Well, uh, we have run out of time, so I'm afraid we're going to leave it there. Um, 
uh, uh, Rayla Campbell uh, is candidate for the uh, Secretary of State's office for Massachusetts. Uh, Rayla, we want to tell them your website, how they can get in touch with you, find out more about you, maybe support your campaign. Absolutely. And no amount of money is too small. They can go to my website. It's RaylaForMA.com. That's R-A-Y-L-A-F-O-R-M-A.com. They can also follow me on Facebook, see what I'm doing. I'm going to be out and around everywhere. I will be out in Western Mass coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll be spending a lot of time out there this year. But we need everybody to just get involved, support, share, and you know, be part of American history and Massachusetts history with me yet again. Remember, you can register to vote, and on on you can start the process no, online no, if no. you go to the civilpoliticsradio.com, and it'll be the link is on the on the bottom of every one of our shows. So, voting is important, yep. just like Rayla is saying, voting is important. Please vote. Yep. And also, there's info. There's a link there you can click to find out what your registration status is here in Massachusetts. Uh, that on the Secretary of State's website. So anyway, that's going to do it for Civil <laughs> Politics tonight. Coming up next, we've got Subculture, followed by Table of Contents and then OK Asia. Uh, you can listen to us all over again Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. And there will be a podcast of this going out in the wee hours of Monday morning. So listen to us all over the web as often as you like. But thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, uh, Rayla Campbell, for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. And that'll do it for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.